0: Hopefully everybody got one of these when you came into the door, through the doors tonight. If you didn't, just raise your hand real quick. If you didn't get one. Uh, Nicole, can you do me a favor? Thank you. Um, I just, I want to take this second before, um, before we give the word tonight. Um, uh, to just strongly encourage you to come out to our next worship night, worship encounter um, we have been—we have just seen some powerful times. We've done—we've been doing these since the beginning of the year. We did one in January, and uh, we're kind of—we just kind of ran it as a test run. And that same night that we did it in January, we had people almost knocking on the door saying, "When are we going to do the next one?" And so we did one in this uh, beginning of February, and we're getting ready to do the beginning of March. And um, they've just been powerful times. Anybody. Those of you that have been to the Worship encounters, can you testify that they've been powerful times in God? Amen. We have, um, you know, we, uh, we just set this, these times aside where we just come and we worship. We don't have any preaching. We don't have any offering. We don't have any um, set agenda. We, I even tell the band, I'm like, guys, these are the songs that I'd like to do, uh, but we may do something completely different. And sometimes we get to all of our songs. Sometimes we don't get to just a couple. Sometimes we go completely in a different direction. And so this one coming up is going to be really special. God has given Jennifer and I, my wife and I, a very specific direction. And um, if you are just wanting to get, like the video, just get to the secret place with God, I encourage you to come out. We're going to, we're going to be taking out these chairs in the back. And we're going to be setting up just some space for you to be able just to lay or sit or just lounge um, with the Lord, because it's going to be a very, very personal time with the Lord. And, and, and so I'm excited. So I want to encourage you to come. Uh, we have those flyers. There's, there's going to be some extra on Sunday. But I encourage you, hand it to a, a coworker. Hand it to somebody you know that, that needs it. We've, we, uh, we actually, this last one that we did in February, um, We there were two girls that came all the way from Reno, showed up here for that worship encounter, didn't even know anybody here at Valley, didn't know anything. They actually, when I talked to the girl, she said, I thought I was coming to a concert. She says, "I but I've never been to anything like that before. And she says, next time we come, I'm bringing my entire worship team. So I'm saying that to say, God is doing something special. Rich will testify. Rich Reeves will testify. He's been to both of them. God is doing something special at these worship encounters that goes far beyond me and my wife, beyond the band, beyond music, beyond anything. I mean, we literally, this building, I believe, just literally gets, gets the Holy Spirit hydraulics underneath it, and we just ascend into heaven for, for a couple hours. So I encourage you, come out. It's going to be an awesome time, uh, March 3rd at 6 p.m. right here at the church. And um, it's going to be good. All right. So tonight, um, it's really funny because um, all I got tonight is my Bible and uh, one page of notes. And uh, usually, I'm Mr. Tech, and I'll have my PowerPoint and my iPad up here and all that. And I told the Lord... uh, this afternoon, as I was getting ready, I said, Lord, I feel like I have just like loaves and fish, and he said, well, you know what I did with loaves and fishes, yeah. and I said, oh, okay, and so as I was getting prepared, I was preaching to myself, and I was getting myself happy at home in the mirror, because some God just began to download some additional things to me, and uh, so I'm excited for the word tonight, and um, so let's pray and, and just jump right into it. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, again, it's such a privilege to be in your presence. It's such a privilege to be with other brothers and sisters. God, it's, it's a joy. It's refreshing, God, to just come and sit in, at your feet, Lord, as, as Mary did, and just come and listen. God, just stop all the hustle and the bustle of our life and just sit with you. Tonight, God, that's what we do. We open ourselves to you, Lord, let my, myself get out of the way, and you come and take your rightful place here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So I want to talk to you tonight um, a little bit about things, three things that can threaten our course of hitting the mark for God. Things that can threaten our course, and they're going to come out of the text. Now, Luke, we're going to be in Luke 16, we're going to go 19 to 31. We're going to take it piece by piece. And so, if you have a pen, write it, you can write stuff down. If not, just try to put maybe put them in your phone or something. But I believe that these are three really important things. As we're looking at pressing towards the goal, you know, whether it be the goal of, you know, just growing closer to God, whether it be any our goals that we have set in life, the the God given destiny we have, the mark, the bullseye that we're aiming for. These are three things I believe that are are big, big things that can threaten us from to getting there, and then we find that in this story. And so Jesus is telling this story, and he starts off, and we're going to start off in verse 19 of Luke 16. He says, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So... Essentially, we have this guy um, who is like the man. Who's just, he has, you know, if you picture it in modern day terms, he's got the latest car, he's got the latest clothes, he's got the latest technology, he's got the latest everything in his house, and, and, and he enjoys it so much so that people notice. He doesn't just do it in closed doors. He's walking outside being like, hey, see my new Beamer? You like that? Uh, You see my new phone? Yeah. It's the new iPhone 25. Hasn't even come out yet. Right. Bill's got it. Bill's got his fancy Android devil phone. Anyway, we won't talk about that. But he's got everything. And everybody notices that he has got everything and lives this life lavishly. No expense. I mean, just uses hundred-dollar bills to blow his nose. That I mean, that kind of flagrant living. But then we have on the other end Lazarus, who's sick. He's got sores. He literally has dogs. Like he doesn't just call people "my dog." Like he literally has dogs that are his friend, his only friend. You guys can laugh at that. Anyway. So, you've got these two different guys. And the one guy particularly, the rich man particularly, exemplifies the first point of the first threat towards our making our mark. And that is improper perspective. Improper perspective. The rich man was content in the wrong things. He was content in his clothing. He was content in all the, the, the material things that he had. He was content. He was, he was, his, his, his perspective on life was through, through that filter of, of lavishness and, and just flaunting. So he had this improper perspective. He had narrow vision. Because of that, he had all this stuff, hoarded it all around him. And so he had this narrow vision that made it impossible for him to see beyond the now. So he was just right now. He was, I've got all my stuff right here, right now. I've got my, my, you know, I can go out and get in my car right now. I can, I can go and I can order, you know, 25 pizzas that have just, you know, pineapple and uh, uh, salmon on them right now. I can right now. And because of that, he was able to, wasn't able to see beyond himself. Sometimes we have improper perspective that puts us in a place where we can't see beyond ourselves. We may not live a lavish life. We may not have all this money and all this lavish stuff. But we get into a place of improper perspective where all I see is me. My bills. My children. My health. My job. My boss. My, 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 my. And we, and we get this improper perspective that then puts us out of sync for getting the mark. If the mark is, you know, if I'm supposed to be heading towards that screen and I start walking, but then all of a sudden I see this bill over here that's got to get paid. I see this sickness that's over here that gets, gets paid and I'm walking, but now my attention is shifting. So improper perspective is a threat to us achieving our goal, our destiny. I love this part, particular part, and I didn't see this, Bill, until until later. But it says in 22, verse 22. So it was that the beggar died and was carried somebody say carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom the rich man also died and was buried somebody say buried so now the both two men die but the bible specifically highlights the fact that the beggar was carried to Abraham's bosom while the rich man was buried i'm a word guy I'm like, man, why would they just not say they were buried? They both died. They were buried. End of story. Or end of that part of the story. So I had to go back and I had to go look in the dictionary. This is what I always do. Whenever a word pops up, I'm like, well, let me me look at that. Let me look at that right quick. Carried in the dictionary says to be transmitted, propelled, or sustained. So essentially what the Bible was telling us there is because the, the Lazarus, see Lazarus, back it up a little bit. Lazarus, even though he wasn't rich, even though he was, didn't have all the great things that he wanted, he had a proper perspective because he realized, guess what? Yeah, I got sores on my back. Yes, dogs are my only friends, but I got a better place that I'm going to. I'm not contained by this. The rich man sat there, man, man, if I don't have the latest technology, if I don't have this, I don't have that, I ain't got nothing. The, 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 the Lazarus said, it don't matter what I have, I'm going somewhere else. So he had proper perspective. So here we have these two guys now die. Same thing happens to them, but because of their perspectives, it determined how they transitioned from this life to the next. Okay, I'm going a little deep. Stay with me. Track with me. So coming back to what I was, what I was saying, the, the, the blind man was carried. He was transmitted. Boom. He was propelled by the Spirit. He was, had been sustained. He went from one place to, the, to another. But the rich man was buried and buried in the dictionary is to be immersed. I know know it's not a great revelation. I know it's, you know, you may feel like I'm yelling for no reason. But... I'd rather be transmitted from this life to the next. I'd rather be sustained and carried over from this life to the next than to be immersed and bogged down by everything that I've allowed to come in my life. I'd rather God take me than the things of this life take me. Oh, come on, somebody. We get too wrapped up in the things, even the sickness and the hell. I'd rather it be God. When, when my time comes, I'd rather them say God took him than to say, oh, man, he just was so overwhelmed with bills and, and all the, 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 this and that and the other. So our perspective on life is critical when we're, when we're talking about achieving our goal, when we're talking about reaching, the, you know, hitting the mark, when we're talking about our eternal purpose. All right. Okay. So verse 24. Then he cried. We're talking, it says the rich man. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son. Remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Somebody say fixed. So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Listen to the finality of that statement. He's saying, You now cannot cross. This barrier between the two of you is now fixed. You cannot cross. The second threat that I want to talk about tonight in regards to our destiny, is our inability or unwillingness to cross barriers here in the earth. I'm going to try to not yell louder than what I am because this point is really, really deep in my spirit. But Abraham essentially says, listen to the rich man. You had time to talk and connect with Lazarus. You had time. While you were acquiring everything, he was sitting there at your gate just wanting a crumb of your food. You passed him every day. You saw him every day. Nine times out of ten, you heard him every day. And you had the opportunity. But now that we are now on the other side... There is a fixed barrier that you now cannot cross. Can I tell you, the kingdom of God can only advance in our lives and in this valley is if we are willing to cross barriers. The rich man saw the obvious differences between him and Lazarus. But you know what he failed to see? And what, if he did see it, he would have maybe crossed the barrier, is that they were both men who were hungering for something more. Something eternal. They both had that in common. Did you know that? The rich man was, his acquiring of everything was essentially his desire for something more, for something eternal. And Lazarus sat there in his sores and his, and his sickness and with all of his, and there was a desire, it was a hunger. For something more. And there was a commonality between them. But because the rich man didn't want or had an unwillingness to cross that barrier to him and actually maybe stop at the gate one day and say, You know what? You've been at this gate for a long time. And I see sores on your body. And what's your story, man? He missed that opportunity to see the commonality between them. And now when they got to the other side, when he's like, please help me. I need help, I I, I need help. Lazarus, help me. Lazarus, please help me. I can't help you now. There's a gulf. I'm not done. I don't want to get to heaven and see someone on the other side that I didn't reach because I was unwilling to, or I was stuck in looking at our differences. Mama LD, I feel like I'm going to stand up on one of these chairs. Listen to this. When we get to heaven, black and white will be stripped away. Republican and Democrat will be stripped away. Young and old will be stripped away. Tall, short will be stripped away. Fat, skinny will be stripped away. Rich, poor will be stripped away. And we will be solely pure spirits who reflect our creator. I have to choose. You have to choose to see and bring out the God in everyone. Man, I feel my heartbeat beating in my head now. Just because that man is gay doesn't mean that he bears part of the image of Christ. Stone me if you will. He was created. Yes, the atheist was created by a creator. Come on. I don't care if I'm stepping on your toes. The Satanist was created. The guy with the mohawk was created. The beggar was created. The homeless man was created. And instead of being the rich man, who walked past Lazarus every single day, who walked past the kid with the mohawk, who walked past the beggar on the street, who walked past the gay person that I saw every day at work, who walked past the lesbian who I saw every day at work. I've got to choose to cross the barrier. Because there will be a time where that barrier is fixed. I'm not done on this point. I'm going to keep hammering it for just a minute. Listen to this. Listen to this. God gave this to me in the shower. Salt has its, optim- it, it has its most highest effect when it comes in contact with something completely different than itself. That's good, Pastor Noah. That's good. That's good, bro. God calls us to be the salt of the earth. I am not called to salt the salt. Y'all are smiling at me. We are called to be salt of the earth. When the salt comes in contact with something other than itself, something happens. When salt comes in contact with a steak. Sean, come on, man. You know. You know. When, when salt comes in contact with a steak, that steak's flavor comes out. When I come and I touch that gay person, when I come and cross the barrier and I touch that lesbian, when I come and I cross the barrier and I touch that atheist, when I come and I cross that person that looks different than me, guess what happens? The flavor of God comes out of them and is able to shine bright for all the world to see. We have to stop looking at just the outside. We have to stop looking at the circumstance and we have to cross the barrier because when we do, the kingdom of God can be established. I want to show you what the kingdom, or I want to show you what crossing barriers look like. Close this picture up for me, James. In this picture... I see a man and I see a woman who both previously had been in relationships with people of the opposite color. And they swore to themselves that they would never be in a relationship with someone of the opposite color ever again. But they chose to cross the barrier. I see a man in this picture who was raised without a father and yet chose to cross the barrier and become the father of four beautiful children. I see a man and a woman who were told they would never have children because of problems but they crossed the barrier and they trusted God and they have those four children you see before you. I see a woman who has experienced abuse and hurt and betrayal of the deepest kind and yet she's chosen to cross the barrier and reach women that have been in that same situation. I see a boy standing in the back despite the enemy's attack on his life is still being championed for by his mother and by his friends and loved ones. A mother who crosses the barrier and says, I will not let my son become a statistic. I will not let my son Drift away. I will cross the barrier and I will reach to him regardless of the differences we have. I see three little kids. You all have their own little story. But whether or not they intentionally have done it, have crossed the barrier and become brother and sister. I see a family who despite the odds and despite the things that have been thrown at them, they continue to cross the barrier to show the world that the kingdom of God is at hand. Thank you, James. There is an imperative call. I wish this was the end. This is not the end. (laughs) But this is the most one of the, I think one of the things that you need to walk away with tonight. It is imperative that we cross borders on this side of heaven. On this side of heaven. I have to see the God in people. Stop looking at people's flaws. Stop looking at people's (laughs) hangups. Mom and LD and I were talking about somebody just today. On the outside, you could easily just walk away. But I've got to cross the barrier. And I've got to love like Jesus loves I know it's solemn right here, and this could be a real good ending, but I just think that that's really important for us to understand tonight. We got to cross barriers. We were talking in the office, me and, me and LD today. Some of you don't know, I'm half black and I'm half white. You wouldn't know it, obviously. Thank you, Miss Jan. Thank you, Miss Jan. Ms. Jan had a good answer. She says, I'm God's child. That's right. And I know that the end of the day, but A lot of people have misplaced me for Samoan, for Hispanic, all kinds of different things. And you know what? I like that. I like that because it allows me to cross borders. It allows me to cross borders. And even if people are offended by my skin, I'm still gonna cross the border that's what jesus did jesus crossed borders all the time all the time bible says the sinners were his best friends why because he said you know what what's on the outside all the things that you can or cannot obtain it don't matter what matters is, is I cross the border to reach you with the love of Jesus so that when we get to the other side, we can party together. We, we know, many of us know, the last night, early today, one of the greatest leaders of our, of our faith, Billy Graham, passed away. He crossed borders. He's a, he's a general in the faith. He crossed borders. I love the picture of him and Martin Luther King standing together. I love the pictures of him with 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 people of just different sizes and nationalities and with things in their eyes and in their ears and because he crossed borders. You know why? Because he said, when I get on the other side, I'm gonna get and I find it so funny. He died, this is a side note, he was ninety nine years old. I think that's significant. I think God did that on purpose because the Bible says that he would leave the 99 to go get the one. He would leave the 99 to cross and get the one. Crossing borders is the only way, one of the top ways that we'll see the kingdom come in our life. Amen. All right, let me get off that. (laughs) So here's our rich man and Lazarus. The rich man says to Abraham, he's saying in verse 27, we'll pick it up. Then he said, I beg you therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, no. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will be repentant. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through the rise of one of the dead. So essentially what Abraham is saying is, God is there around them. He's speaking already to them. And if they're not going to listen to him now, they're not going to listen to him then. The Bible says in Psalm 46.1, it says, God is a present help in time of need. See, we sometimes get it twisted in our mind. Oh, God is going to save me. God is going to heal me. God is going to deliver me. Can I challenge you tonight? He's already healing you. He's already saving you. He's already delivering you. Because the Bible says he's a present help in time of need. All he is is right here, right now. Right here, right now. God of the universe, and all of his power is here. He's right here. So that means his healing is here. His power is here. His saving ability is here. His power is here. Here, it's not tomorrow, it's not Sunday, it's not next year, it's not 10 years from now. He is the God of the present. He is moving presently. He is on the move presently. He is on the move right now in our responsibility is we have to recognize that he's the God of the now. See, the rich man's sitting there saying, well, go, just go and do it. Can, can, can you just go and Abraham's like, it's already going, bro. It's already happening, and they're not seeing it. Oh, but please, if you would just go, if you would just do this, send this at this, yeah. And Abraham says, it's already happening. One of the last thing we have got to realize that it will detour us from our destiny is that we get tricked into thinking, oh, he's a God of the will be. He's the God of the could be. My Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means the same Jesus, the same Jesus Christ that is in this book, that performed all the signs and the miracles and the wonders, is right here in this room tonight. And that he's going to be with me as I walk out that door. He's going to be with me as I get in my car. He's going to be with me as I drive to Reno and work another shift tonight. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's going to be with me as I drive back from Reno tonight. He's going to be with me as I get back to my house. He's going to be with me with my children. He's with me with my son as he's in Tucson fighting for it in Texas, fighting for his life. He is the God of Of the now. We get so wrapped up in the distractions of our life that we forget he already went before us. And he's with us the great thing, Ed, is that when I get up in the morning, he's already gone to the end of the day, and then moonwalked it back, and stands with me and says, you ready to go? You ready to go? And we walk here, and all of a sudden, as I trip, oh, geez, I saw that. He catches me. I knew that was going to happen. As I keep going... That unexpected bill comes in the mail? I saw that. All right. That unexpected doctor's report? I saw that. I'm with you. He is the God of the now. Look at the centurion that comes up to Jesus. says, hey, my daughter's sick. But then he says, hey, hey, guess what? I know that it's not a would be, should be, could be, or oh, maybe down the road in a couple of days. I know if you just say it right here and now, right here, it's done. We get tripped up into thinking that, oh, I got to have the pastor pray for me. I got to have the elders lay hands on me. And yes, that's important. And yes, that's part of it, but guess what? When I'm sick and I need Jesus, I don't have to get on the phone and call LD at the office and say, can you send an elder to pray for me? I can stand right there and say, Lord, I know that you're a healing God. Lord, your word says that by your stripes I'm healed. And so now, God, I'm declaring your healing over this body. Body, you will line up to the word of God that says I am healed, that I am completely whole in the name of Jesus. This sickness has to go because it is not God. Why? Why can we have that confidence? Because he's the God of the now. And he's the God of the yesterday. And he's the God of tomorrow. He's the God of the up and the down. The sideways. The horizontal. The free format, whatever in your life. The squiggle that comes along. He is the God of the now. And we have to be grateful for that. Do you think ever once the rich man took a minute and said, Lord, I just thank you for everything you've given to me. I, I, in my Holy Spirit imagination, I, I, I'm, I'm venturing to say he didn't. But do you think if he would have done that, maybe... things would have been different in his life? God regardless of your age is taking you to something greater. And the enemy is going to try everything he can to stop you from getting there. And these three things I mentioned tonight in proper perspective Inability to cross borders. Not recognizing he's the God of now. Those three things will eat you up. And they will steal time away from you that God wants to use. So I'm encouraging you tonight. Ask yourself, Lord, do I have... An improper perspective. Am I not seeing things correctly? Lord, are there areas in my life that I need to cross some borders? Stop walking quickly by that person's desk or zooming past that person in traffic? God, do I need to, 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 to stop and connect? Look at Jesus. I want, I, I'm just kind of free-flowing now for, just for, time, for a little bit of time's sake. But look at Jesus, particularly with the woman, the Samaritan woman. Look what happened because of that. Jesus wasn't supposed to be talking to her. He wasn't supposed to be talking to him. Yet he crossed the border. So did she. And a whole nation of people. Look at David. David crossed the border. Sometimes the border is not just race or skin related. Sometimes it's confidence related, identity related. He crossed the border. When a whole army of men were shaking in their boots, he said, "Give me a rock." This fool trying to trying to start to start stum, give me a rock come here. He crossed the border and look what happened. Oh, Jesus. Jesus crossed the border. He took whips. He took a crown of thorns. Bible says all the while he could have called angels. He says, I'm crossing the border to get to Noah. Noah. Get to LD, to get to Larry, get to Nicole, get to Rich, get to Joe. Crossing the border because not only am I going to do it, but I'm the God of the now. I'm the God of the present, God of the future. I'm the God of the now, and I want them to know that for eternity. Lord, we want to see your kingdom come in this valley. Lord, I know it's why you sent me here. Because Lord, you're 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 going to you are in the process of doing something greater, something greater than we've ever seen. So Lord, I pray tonight that you would help us to Realign ourselves in connection to your purpose and your plan and hitting the mark. Lord, we want to have proper perspective. God, we want to be able to cross borders willingly, barriers. God, we want to cross barriers willingly. God, and we want to keep our sight set on the fact that you are the God of the now and of the present so Lord help us tonight help us we know that we haven't achieved anything regardless of our age regardless of our achievements we haven't achieved anything we know you're taking us higher so help us in Jesus name Amen? Amen. If you didn't get a worship encounter flyer or you want to take a couple more with you, they're going to be right up here. You can grab some, take them some with you. Love you guys. Hug somebody on the way out. We'll see you on Sunday.